Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is the final episode in our mini-series of Men in a Relationship. And today's title is Being Less Selfish and More Altruistic. And I will talk about how I am a recovering selfish person and I'm actively always working on being less selfish and more altruistic. I'll talk about the struggles I had, how I worked on them, some tips on how to improve being less selfish, as well as how you might be showing up in selfish manners in your relationship. This is a must listen if you want a thriving relationship and still want to accomplish all your goals, dreams, and desires in life. So please, focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello and welcome to the show. And I welcome everyone on the YouTube platform as I'm now recording these and filming these. So something new I'm implementing. And if you do enjoy any of the YouTube clips, feel free to check out audio. They should be on all audio platforms. And yeah, so we'll jump into today's episode. And just a little bit about my life the last week or so. I've been doing a lot of research on cryptocurrencies as I've been investing in them for a couple of years. In particular, right now, the decentralized finance space, which is just booming. So it's a lot of new information, a lot of new learning, and there's definitely quite a bit of opportunity in that space. So I'm, I'm trying to not miss the boat on some, some big opportunities there, as well as doing this podcast, doing notes and research, um, doing coaching now. Uh, I have my full-time job, still doing workouts, have landlord duties, got a couple calls for a couple of our properties over the last week or so. So <clears throat> there's been a lot going on, but there's no one to blame except myself. And Jess and I chose this life. We chose to be active. We chose to be busy. And we really enjoy, you know, being active, doing doing many things, taking more things on. It brings challenges, but it also brings a lot of rewards. But through this last busy week or so, I felt a lot of uh, selfish tendencies because in the past, I, I'm a recovering <laughs> a selfish addict, I guess you could say. I've been very selfish um, at times in my life, and it's something I've been really working on. So today's episode is the last episode of the mini-series, Men in Relationships. And today's episode is titled, Being Less Selfish and More Altruistic. So uh, in today's show, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of talk about my journey through being selfish and how, how I've worked on it to become better and improve at it, how it affected me and ways we can improve it. So, you know, before Jess, I was, I was single for a long time. I was single for many years. So I really only had to live for myself. I didn't have to take anyone's needs into consideration. It was more or less, how can I extract as much pleasure from life and just go to work, go to work during the week and just have fun on weekends and just live for my schedule, live for everything that I want to do. And I really didn't have to incorporate the needs of anyone else. I was just single for many years and, and coming together with Jess, you know, it was a real challenge because we both had selfish tendencies in our own ways. Me, a lot more, way more. 
but Jess had her own selfish tendencies in the fact that she wanted to spend every day if she could with me. I said, you know, at the start of our relationship, she asked me the question, how often do you, would you like to spend time with me? And I'm, I have a lot of introspective, um, <laughs> to myself qualities where I, that's kind of how I re- regenerate. And, uh, and, and so I, I, I think I answered like, oh, you know, five days would be, would be ideal. And she's, she said, what, five days? You wouldn't want to spend all seven days together? And so I, and I was like, oh, geez, all, every seven days. Um, so, you know, that was, a, that was a challenge at the start because she had a bit of selfish tendencies as to the fact that she wanted to love and hang out as much as possible, which is, you know, good, but in its own way, a different set of selfish tendencies. And I had my whole list of baggage of how I was selfish. So, you know, we really had to unpack this and work on it. And it's been a work in progress. You know, we've been together for around six years and there's been continual work on both of our ends to make this work without us leading with selfish tendencies. And, you know, I believe that most people are good to their core and we don't necessarily choose or are intentional to live in selfish manners, but it's just for me, you know, I was single for so many years, so I only had to live for myself. So I was never challenged to be selfless naturally. So I just kept acting this way over and over and over again. And it slowly built and started to impact who I was and how I was showing up and it almost turned into a personality trait. I was just this selfish guy that was just doing things because I wanted to do them. And it wasn't because I'm bad. I believe I'm a good person. Just like I believe everyone is at at the core. It's just where we get lost along the way. So, you know, this isn't an attack. If you see yourself living out these selfish acts, you know, this isn't an attack to say, oh, you're bad. It's just we might have got lost a little bit along the way. And it's just important to find our way back and and live congruently to, to what's genuinely within us. And so, yeah, I, I believe everyone's good at the core. And I, some amazing news is that I truly believe that everyone can change and everyone can improve on this if you do live with selfish tendencies. And if you're in a relationship, even better news, um, you don't have to sacrifice what you want in life just to you know, give and help and support your partner. You know, you don't have to only live in that altruistic manner your whole life with your partner. You don't have to sacrifice. There is a way to get all the things that you want and have a thriving relationship. But it's going to come at a cost of uh, continual work on your relationship. You know that it doesn't come easy and it doesn't come free, but there is a way and there is a way to accomplish this. Jess and I are proving it because we come from, you know, like I said, me way more selfish, selfish tendencies than her. Um, but you know, she had those as well. And it's been a journey and it's, it's, it's been a process to work on them, but with continual effort and the resiliency of not giving up, I truly believe any partnership can accomplish this if both parties are willing to work on it. So before I absolutely harp and (laughs) destroy, you know, really, really attack uh, selfishness, I I do want to quote Abraham Maslow. 
And he has a quote saying, not all selfish behaviors are necessarily bad, not at least until we understand what motivations guide and define them. So what's behind those selfish acts? <clears throat> and that's, that's so important to know, and, and especially for your partner to know, because if your partner doesn't know why you're acting in these selfish manners, they're just going to create a story and just not be able to understand why you're selfish. Why are you doing this? You know, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't nice. You're not fulfilling my needs. You're just thinking about yourself. And if they don't know why and what your intentions are behind these selfish acts, there's going to be a lot of turbulence. And I believe there's, if you put good intentions behind these selfish acts, it might be necessary sometimes to achieve or accomplish goals. You know, sometimes we might need to double down our efforts if there's an important goal that we're trying to attain or achieve. But that doesn't mean we stay in that way for our whole life or that it develops into a personality trait. We need to tread those waters carefully. Yes, if we have a goal and there's some deadlines or something we're trying to accomplish, we might need to double down on our efforts and, and act in a bit of a selfish way and, and think about that goal, that journey, what we're trying to accomplish for that short time frame. But we can't stay in there for too long. I believe it's necessary to be selfish to experience change or transformation, self, personal change or transformation, as I underwent a few years ago. Like that, I went through a massive transformation. And, and I really had to go inwardly and focus on myself. And in a way that was selfish because I had to block out the world to discover and understand what the heck was going on with me, what was important to me, what was my inner value system, why I was showing up the way I am in the world and, you know, working on becoming a better version and a new version of myself that aligned with my core principles, my genuine self. Um, so that was an absolute journey and process, which took a lot of time and, and space and effort. You know, I had to meditate two times a day. I had to do personal self-work practices, journaling, reflection, self-isolation with myself, my mind, and, and, you know, really going inwardly. And in a way that was selfish. Like I had to do that by myself. I wasn't giving I wasn't just giving to my partner. I wasn't giving to my family, my friends. I was just kind of developing myself and working on myself, which in essence is, was a little bit of a, a selfish act, but it was necessary in order to show up the best way that I can in the future turn into something better. And I'm really grateful that I, I took that journey and I believe I, I know that Jess is as well. Um, sometimes we need to be selfish to get out of a slump. If we're in a rut, you know, we need to double down our efforts. We need to start exercising more, taking more time on ourselves, whatever it may be. Again, that may need to be um, accomplished through some sort of selfish acts where we just focus on ourselves to get ourselves out of that slump. Or if we're trying to feel completely healthy, complete, energized, so we can overflow, so we can feel our best, so we can serve, so we can show up for our partner, for our family, for our friends, for our coworkers. Sometimes we just need to really bottle all of that and really work on ourselves so we can um, be the best. We need to serve ourselves first so we can serve others. So that was just a side blurb on, you know, I'm not completely bashing being selfish. There's a lot of benefits behind it. But in particular, I want to talk about 
how it might be affecting your relationships, in particular, your romantic relationships. So here are some signs to help you see if you're being selfish in your relationship. Do you expect your partner to listen while you vent and um, while you just get out your emotions of what's going on in your head, but you don't return, you don't reciprocate that um, space to listen or even maybe bring up, hey, what's going on? You know, are you only wanting to vent but not hear their side or not hear their vents? Um, do you avoid difficult conversations or say you will talk about it later um, but then never resurface them? So again, coming from a recovering selfish addict, this was a big one for me and I would always push off difficult conversations because my selfish ways, I was just like, why would I want to talk about this? This is not enjoyable. This is not fun. You know, this takes time. This takes energy. Like, let's just put it aside. Jess. like, let's not, you know, let's not talk about this. You know, what a drag, <laughs> but little did I know that was necessary to discuss that, to uncover what is going on beneath the surface to resolve that so it doesn't just compound and build up because if you never resolve it and you never discuss it it's going to be stored it's going to be stored in our body it's going to be stored in our memory and the next time something happens that problem is going to compound on top of it and they're just going to stack and the problem is going to um, develop compound grow into something worse and bigger if it's not resolved with so i was a prime example of doing that um, you insist and argue that your point is right all the time. Again, I'm a very, I have a competitive nature. I played sports when I was young and I always like to win. I like to win at everything I do. And sometimes that serves, you know, when it's fun, we're playing spike ball or playing sports. I love being competitive, but bringing that competitiveness into a relationship can be very selfish. And if you're trying to win every argument without properly understanding what's going on or hearing the other side, you know, that's very selfish and that can have a drastic impact on your relationship. Another one is you're oblivious to your partner's needs. Um, so ignorance is not always bliss. If you are oblivious to what your partner needs in the relationship, you know, that can be, that can have drastic negative consequences on the relationship. You know, ignorance is not bliss. You should know what your partner needs and your partner should know what you need. Otherwise, that's just selfish. Another one is you don't take accountability or ownership and you have difficulty apologizing. So again, this was one, I still will have this. I think we all do. You know, we like to be right. Our ego gets challenged if we're wrong. What else don't we know? What else What might we not know? You know, and, and we always want to be right. We always want to win that argument because it challenges our ego. So taking accountability for your actions when they might have been wrong, or taking ownership for something you've done and then coming forward and apologizing. You know, that's a difficult thing to do if we've been programmed to never do that, such as myself. You know, I never took ownership. <laughs> I was just living for me. I never had to take ownership for my actions. You know, it was only me experiencing the positives or, or consequences of something and I, I wouldn't have to take ownership or, or, or talk that out with anyone. But now all of a sudden, if I was in the wrong, coming to Jess, coming forward to Jess and taking ownership for my actions that weren't probably the best actions to take, you know, that was very difficult to do, but not doing so 
that was very selfish. So that was another one I really had to work on. Um, another one is you always put your needs before your partner's needs. You know, <laughs> like I said, sometimes this might be necessary if you're in a slump, if you're trying to accomplish something, if you're trying to fill your cup first so you could fill your partner's cup, understandable at times, but being in the habit of this is very dangerous. We need to reprogram the way we think in a relationship. And what does my partner need here? You know, continually think of it, thinking about that every single day, being reminding yourself, what does my partner need? How might I be able to serve my partner here? Rather than what do I need? What can I extract from my partner? What do I need to feel complete? Me, 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 me. Um, you might always need control uh, where you need to make all the decisions. And for me, this this was another big one, uh, in particular with with money. Um, you know, I had to really give up the grasp and control of being the sole control of our money and and my money. You know, that was a big one, and that was basically based on how my upbringing and what I was grown up with. And my dad had all the control of money. He was the sole worker for the family, and he made all the financial decisions. And, you know, he just had full control of that. And that is just more of an old school way. But I realized that that did not have benefit and also just vocalized that. And that was a big one to let go of that control that I had of that money. And for us to join forces and collaborate was a big one for me to not be selfish in that category. Another one could be you aren't happy for your partner. You know, if your partner is doing great and thriving and being healthy and doing great at work or achieving goals, whatever it may be, are you genuinely happy for your partner? Or is it, how do you not see me? I'm not, don't you see the good I'm doing? You know, being selfless into being curious about your partner, what they're doing, the good that they're doing, the <laughs> being happy for them in general, you know, that. If we don't start our relationship like that, if we're only ever thinking about ourselves, it's difficult for us to actually be happy for other people because we're just so self-consumed. And the last one could be if you're not flexible. And again, I'm really working on this one because I'm a very rigid person naturally and I'm very goal-orientated. I have I'm, I have a strict routine. I accomplish things. I have my calendar. I need to do this, 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 and this. And that doesn't allow for flexibility. That doesn't allow for being in the present moment. And it really affects our relationship. So I'm actively working on this to go with the flow at times, you know, like, yeah, let's have fun for an hour or two here. I don't need to do this right now. Or I can do this tomorrow if we're hanging out and we're having fun or whatever it might be. Just releasing some of that rigidity because being so by the book doesn't allow for that flexibility and without that flexibility it's just me or yourself being selfish because it needs to be your way it needs to be exactly your way so i was doing some research on this and i found a study that was done on about 2,000 people in the states on selfish behaviors that people can't tolerate in a relationship so the top three that people couldn't tolerate of their partner was Number one, getting taken for granted. Number two, always thinking that the other person is right. And number three, having your input ignored. So in essence, we just want to be heard. We want to be seen. 
we want to be cared for you know it's it's just the general innate principles that make us happy and fulfilled that we're looking for in that relationship and when our partner's being selfish you know we're feeling that lack we're not feeling heard because we think our partner's only so focused on themselves and which i was again i still work on this i am not perfect by any means i i've come very very far and i'm actually really proud about how far i've come but i am still actively working on this a lot and within that study 37% of women who who got uh, who were the test subjects there um, had ended a romantic relationship because their partner was selfish. 37% is a large number. And I think it was 28% of men had done the same, had ended their previous relationships because their partner was selfish. So over a quarter, over 25%. Those are big numbers. This is a real issue. And, you know, like I said, it's something we can all work on. We can all resolve but those are some staggering numbers. Those are some high stats. So this clearly has a drastic impact on romantic relationships. So why should we change our selfish, selfish tendencies? Clearly, there's some obvious reasons. And again, this is just to bring more awareness, more focus on that. Hey, this could be a real issue and it might be time to take some action on it. And there's a, there's a saying that I like to reference for myself a lot because it helps ground me. It helps remind me. And it is, um, you will get there a lot quicker by yourself, but you will go so much farther with, uh, together. You will go so much farther together. And you know, that just really hones it all in for me because it's like, yeah, I could accomplish all these goals. I could achieve all these accolades. I could get accomplish all these things so much faster and quicker if it was just me. If it was just me at it, head down, buried in it, focused on my goals every single day, yeah, I would accomplish them quicker, so much quicker. But I, we would not go far together. You know, like that is gonna have some serious impact in a negative way on our relationship if our relationship were to even survive. You know, so like the the, the benefits of being in a healthy relationship completely outweigh whatever that end target is you know and sometimes we get wrapped up on that the end target might seem more important but that's usually because we don't have it and we always want stuff that we don't have but in reality it's what we have that is probably a lot more important and there's a reason we all crave to be in relationships and they can be amazing to fulfill those innate desires, that connection, that bond, that love, that reciprocation, that ability to be heard, that ability to serve. Um, and when we're in a good, holistic relationship with reciprocation, I truly, genuinely believe that that's going to be way more important than those end goals that we're focusing on. And again, being selfish restricts love. And in my case, I selfishly closed myself off because of who I thought I was or who I thought I was trying to become, which was a quote unquote man. You know, I thought that men did not show emotions and I held myself, I held this all in. 
selfishly because I wanted to portray myself as this man. I had this idea of what I was supposed to be. And I selfishly lived that way and it selfishly affected my relationship. Um, and there was an interesting statement that I read that bared some truth that I believe has some truth behind it because I felt in some ways the same. And the statement is selfish people don't love because they don't know how to love themselves. And I found truth in this because I found myself only loving giving myself self-love when I was when I was accomplishing goals or when I looked a certain way from the gym, from going to the gym so rigorously. You know, I looked a certain way and I I, I weighed a certain amount of weight and oh okay, I feel good now. Yeah, I love myself today. You know, and I was only giving myself those little tastes of self-love and really genuinely loving myself when I was accomplishing these external things. You know, I wasn't practicing unconditional self-love. I wasn't learning how to love myself every day, regardless of what external circumstances, you know, I just didn't do that. I didn't have a great relationship with myself. Now I'm working on becoming my own best friend, you know, like loving everything about me, loving, loving all the qualities, the good, the bad, just having respect for myself. And when I started doing that, I was able to love so much more freely and easily, you know, it became easier to express and feel those love emotions with Jess once I love myself because it was just easier. I understood it more. I loved me and now I can express and share more love. And it was a flowing of energies and just so much more easy to accomplish and to provide that love for my partner once I love myself. Um, on an internal basis. And there's also benefits of being altruistic as well. Um, so altruism activates the reward centers in our brain. You know, when we give without expecting, we give, we feel good. That releases some dopamine in the pleasure centers of our brain. So, you know, we're giving, we're providing. That feels good for us. And that's going to feel good for the other person or our partner on the other side receiving those benefits. So it's a double positive. It helps you and your partner. And again, keep in mind that um, with altruism, empathy is kind of the core root of that. So we really need to understand and hear what our partner needs. And then if we provide that, we feel great. And then that's really going to be fulfilling our partner's needs as well. So how do we be less selfish? Well, just like everything starts, we need that awareness. We need to be aware. Uh, are we being selfish? Might I be being selfish? You know, I didn't even have this awareness at the start. It was just the way I lived. I didn't even know I was a selfish person until Jess was like, yeah, you're really selfish. I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just trying to do the things that I've always done. I, like I was so blindsided to it because I was so self-aware, unaware until I developed that awareness of, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I'm literally only ever focusing on myself. Um, holy shit. You know, it starts with awareness and then we need to take ownership for our actions or lack of actions and take the responsibility to change. Like I said, we can all change. It's all possible for us all, but we need a, the awareness of how we might be showing up selfish the frequency that we're doing it and then being like, oh shit, okay, I need to take some ownership here. I need to learn how to debunk this, deconstruct this and take the necessary actions to be less selfish. And we need to have intention behind those actions um, because we're going to be running off our auto-programmed system like me. I, I, I developed this selfish 
auto-programmed way of living. Every time it was just every day, it was what does Joel need to do? What do I need to do? Me, 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 me. That was programmed into my mind. Again, not because I was a bad person, just because this is how I always lived. So we need to deconstruct that auto-programming, always thinking about me kind of mentality. And that needs to be accomplished with intention. You need to be intentional to take different actions because with awareness, that gives us that split second to say, I want to react this way or I only want to focus on, on me. But then that, with that awareness, I could say, oh, if I do this, you know, I'm, I'm really being selfish here. Maybe I should reconsider it. So that awareness gives us that split second edge of what we need to take intentional action going the other way. So, oh, I really want to work on this tonight. I have this goal. I really need to get this done. And then that awareness pops in of, hey, Joel, might you be being selfish here? And it's like, oh, frick, yeah. Okay, yeah, you know what? I'll save this for, for later and I'll go, I'll go chat, have a nice talk with Jess or whatever. That awareness gives us that split second edge of what we need to take intentional action to go against our naturally auto-programmed habits. And... Again, we want to work on shortening our refractory period. So if we get triggered or if we're doing something selfish, you know, we don't want to stay in that mood. We don't, you know, it starts as a mood, starts as a selfish mood. But if we catch it and don't sit in it for too long, we want to shorten that refractory period. And the more we do that over and over and over again, it turns into a habit and we will start to become less selfish over time. Because the danger of it, if we sit in it too long, it starts as a mood. But if we continue to take selfish actions, have those selfish tendencies, and we sit in it longer, it turns into a temperament. You know, and now we're frequently acting this way. And if we do that more and more and more, it turns into a personality trait, such as it did for myself. And now we have a we have a selfish personality. And you know, this didn't Again, this doesn't mean you're wrong or you're a bad person. It just, this is what's going on. <laughs> and I had to realize this and I had to learn how to deconstruct this. So there's some real dangers behind that if we aren't aware of it. So some tips that I try to implement and that my journey has taught me is to improve on this is to become a better listener. I had to really become a better listener. And that meant being present while Jess was talking or other people are talking, not having listening agendas. You know, if your partner says something and it triggers a story in your mind or something about you and now you're thinking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell them about this. That's a listening agenda because now you're thinking about what you're going to say next instead of being fully there, fully present. It's called active listening. You know, we, we were taught this and practiced this in our coaching certification program about how to fully be present and fully listen without listening agendas. When something comes up, letting it go and just being fully there, fully present, actively listening to your partner. That was a huge one. The second tip is try to see things from your partner's perspective. You know, every single person in this planet has a different perspective because everyone has had a different past, had past different experiences, which brought up different emotions. And they see the world through a slightly different lens. Even if you're living in the same household, even if you were a brother and sister, even if you're a married couple, you're going to see things slightly differently or massively dis differently. So it's important to put ourselves in the partner's shoes and how are they seeing this and try to fully understand again probably with empathy feeling how they might be feeling and and seeing things through their perspective 
Third tip is spend quality time with them. And this is quality time, not quantity of time. And, and that's, that is being selfless. You know, you're, you want to spend time with them. You're not focusing on just spending time with, with um, doing the things that you want to be doing. And when you are with them, be present with them. And this was a big one for me again, because I might have been spending time with Jess, but my mind was somewhere else. My mind was on my goals. My mind was on what do I need to get done in order for myself to feel better or whatever. You know what I mean? Like when you're spending quality time, be fully there. And try not to have as much control as I mentioned, the money thing, but going with the flow, take, take down that rigidity sometimes. Don't get me wrong, for myself, I still utilize the schedule. I still like to have the amount of things done in a week that I tell myself that I'm gonna do. But taking down that rigidity of that strict structure um, to be considerate of what your partner might be wanting is a huge one. And step tip five, in arguments or when something seems off, try to make your default, what did I contribute to this and how might I make this better rather than, and this is what Jess and I are really working on. So when there's an argument or there's the energy is off, it's okay, we're trying to revert to instead of defending ourselves or what did the other person do, we're trying to default to what did I do here? How might I be able to show up better? And we're just flipping it, always thinking and trying to be considerate of what the other person needs and what take ownership for what we did. What did I do here? Why is why are things off? I must have done something wrong instead of why are things off? What did they do? What's you know, like just flipping it, having a different perspective flip on that is something that we're actively working on, and that's I think is going to be super powerful. So again. This isn't necessarily groundbreaking stuff, um, but sometimes we need to revert back to the basics. And a lot of the times, common knowledge is not common practice. So just just remember that. So, you know, it's time to take ownership for those selfish tendencies. We don't need to stay this way our entire life. If you catch yourself being selfish or if you see that you may have a selfish personality, it's time to debunk that. It's time to take responsibility. There is action steps. There is a way out of this. And there is nothing more selfish than carrying that baggage from the past and just showing up and saying, this is how I am, accept me for who I am. You know, there needs to be proper work, consistent work and collaboration together to live selflessly. So remember that this, the five episodes in the mini series, exploring and articulating your emotions, cultivating trust with yourself and your partner to communicate properly, sharing a life vision together, balancing your masculine and feminine energy, and of course, being less selfish. If you start to implement these in your life, I promise you, your relationships will improve and you will surrender your average life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have an amazing day. Take care.